0: So, in our study, we assessed IQ and also specific cognitive domains. Uh, when we speak about specific cognitive domains, we talk of things like verbal knowledge, memory, language, processing speed, working memory, and executive function. Uh, what we saw was that decline occurred in several, but not in all cognitive domains.
1: That's Dr. Abraham Reichenberg, who will talk about his research on cognitive change in serious mental illness. His work appears in the October 2019 issue of the American Journal of Psychiatry. I'm Michael Roy, Executive Editor of the American Journal of Psychiatry, and this is AJP Audio. Dr. Abraham Reichenberg is Professor of Psychiatry and Professor of Environmental Medicine and Public Health at Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York. He also is affiliated with the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience, At King's College London. His research focuses on determining what factors in early life increase the risk for disorders of cognition, including schizophrenia. He is senior author of an article in the October issue. The article is titled, Cognitive Change in Schizophrenia and Other Psychoses in the Decade Following the First Episode. Hi, Dr. Reichenberg, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, your article begins by noting that people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia can experience cognitive decline both before and after the onset of illness. However, the trajectory of cognitive decline in schizophrenia remains unclear. Could you talk about why previous research has not been able to comprehensively map the course of cognitive change among people who have this serious mental illness?
0: Absolutely. There are many studies of cognition in schizophrenia, hundreds, maybe even thousands but most studies of cognition in schizophrenia have collected cognitive data at only one point in time. While this provides information on how the patients are doing at a particular time point, such information cannot be used to infer if change has occurred. Rather, prospective testing of cognitive functionings are necessary to document such change. Now, there are three main challenges I can think of that one would face when trying to do a study, the documents change. The first is that you need a representative sample so that your findings will be generalized. The second is that you need to follow up patients as well as controls during the same period of study so that you can take into account what normal changes over time look like. And the third is that you need to follow up the patients and the controls over a long time period schizophrenia is a lifelong condition, and changing in cognition can happen at any time point. All these make such longitudinal studies laborious, long, and expensive, which is exactly the opposite of what often researchers are uh, asked to do. That is, do it not too hard, not too long, and not too expensive. (laughs) Therefore, studies that map the course of cognitive change over decades are very rare.
1: So, with those frameworks in mind, your study explored three questions whether a decline in patients' IQ occurs after a first diagnosis of the illness, whether a decline occurs in multiple cognitive domains, and whether any decline in cognition is unique to schizophrenia or if it is common to other types of psychosis as well. So, let's go through your findings one by one. First, what did you find in relation to whether patients with schizophrenia undergo cognitive decline? after the first episode?
0: So that was the main question we had in mind when we started. And what we found is that yes, patients with schizophrenia do show a decline in IQ after the first psychotic episode. Uh, If you want to try and get a sense of what this decline is, it's a decline that equals to about four IQ points. That's it. Okay, no, that's fine,
1: that's (laughs) fine. it's the shortest answer of all, this is the <laughs> funniest thing. This your main finding is the shortest answer. This is the shortest, clearest answer I have. Perfect. <laughs> Alright, well and then, let's turn to your second hypothesis. What okay. did your study reveal about how cognitive decline affects domains like verbal knowledge, memory, and language?
0: So, in our study, we assessed IQ, and also specific cognitive domains. Uh, when we speak about specific cognitive domains, we talk of things like verbal knowledge, memory language processing speed working memory and executive function what we saw was that decline occur in several but not in all cognitive domains the schizophrenia group exhibited declines in verbal knowledge and memory but not in processing speed or working memory or executive functions that the schizophrenia patients seem to find it increasingly more difficult to acquire and maintain information and develop new knowledge, or even retain old knowledge following the first episode.
1: Okay, and your third hypothesis tested whether cognitive decline is specific to schizophrenia. What
0: did you and your co-authors find here? We had the opportunity to study patients with other psychoses, including patients with psychotic bipolar disorder, depressive psychosis, or psychosis not otherwise specified, and compare the results in those patients to the results in the schizophrenia patients. What we found was that patients with other psychosis showed decline only in certain memory functions, not in IQ or in verbal knowledge. Thus our findings suggest that the cognitive decline is not specific to schizophrenia, but at the same time, this is also not the same for all psychotic disorders. What would you say other
1: aspects of your study are relevant for researchers, clinicians, and other mental health
0: professionals? This is a very good question. Um, I think that there are two other important results clinicians and mental health professionals would be interested in. One is that in our study, change in the severity of psychosis, or in other words, how severe the symptoms are, was not related to how much cognitive decline happened. The second thing has to do with medication. Few studies in the past suggested that antipsychotic medication may contribute to the severity of cognitive decline. We however found no relation between either the type of antipsychotic medication or how long a patient used medication and cognitive decline.
1: Okay. And what would you say are some of
0: the implications of your findings? So we did this study uh, with the goal that was to map the course of cognitive change among people who have serious mental illness. We were able to show that patients with schizophrenia as well as those with other psychosis have a cognitive impairment that is already present at the first episode and that they experience further cognitive decline after the illness onset. Importantly, the cognitive decline that happens after illness onset was only seen in specific domains, memory and knowledge. Thus, I think that the findings have implications for both research and clinicians. For researchers, these findings suggest that different pathophysiological mechanisms may underline individual neuropsychological deficits seen in adult psychosis patients. And it suggests that future studies should focus on understanding what those mechanisms are. For clinicians, I think these findings highlight the importance of targeting specific cognitive domains in cognitive remediation efforts and, importantly, the need to search for potential subgroups of patients may greatly benefit from being specifically targeted for cognitive remediation.
1: Dr. Abraham Reisenberg, senior author of an article on our October issue on cognitive changes seen in the 10 years after the first episode of psychosis. Thank you for speaking with us. Thank you. This concludes this episode of AJP Audio. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to it. Please also visit our website, ajp.psychiatryonline.org, to check out trending articles, find CME courses, and watch videos highlighting some of our other articles. APA Publishing has other podcasts you can listen to. Psychiatry Unbound is the books podcast from APA Publishing. It's hosted by Dr. Laura Roberts, editor-in-chief of APA Books. You can hear the voices behind the most prominent scholarship in the field of psychiatry today. Also check out From Pages to Practice, which reviews the latest research published in the journal Psychiatric Services. It's hosted by Dr. Lisa Dixon, editor-in-chief of the journal, along with Dr. Josh Berezin. You can subscribe to all of these podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or any of the popular platforms. Next month in AJP Audio, we'll talk with Yasmine Hurd, lead author of an article showing how cannabidiol generated significant reductions in drug craving and anxiety in individuals with heroin use disorder. We hope you'll join us too. Thank you for listening.